What's going on, everybody? Welcome back into your favorite midweek sports podcast. Although sometimes it doesn't happen every midweek, but we try to. We know we've been absent the last couple weeks, but we are back for episode 60. This is Bar Top Sports Talk. You are tuning in, listening to Tino Bernal, the host, Ryan, the Rhino Murray, back from the. My dude. No, nah, he's not back from the dead, but my man's 100%. Had the ick last week, my bad. Last couple weeks, man. So the struggle. So just a little context. That's why we haven't been able to record. Ryan, he was unfortunately down with the sickness. Shout out to who was that? Disturbed. Disturbed. Yeah. Egan. So Ryan, he had a battle. He 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 said he he's like, Coach, I can give it a go. But I was like, No need, man. Rest up. What Dion say? Dion what what Dion say to Travis Hunter? He's like, You're gonna change the game one day. You gotta rest up. I'm a game changer, man. You would have. I know you would have given your best effort. My Royals rant. Yeah, man, you you left off. So that was like, yeah, you were giving people like a cliffhanger because mm-hmm. we saw that emotion, and then you know a two week hiatus. Man, I know you would have given it your your flu, best flu game impersonation. I had to cool down from that. <laughs> we hope you guys haven't missed us too much in the last couple of weeks. We're now into the second week of October. It's officially fall, man. Spooky season, full effect. It's if it's not already, it's been what, probably in, in full effect. What in like early September? Yeah, they've had Halloween for like two or three weeks now. Okay, yeah. So, but now we are in the midst. We're in the midst of everything: corn mazes, pumpkin patches, cider mills, haunted houses. I haven't really been able to do much of that yet. I need to, man. I've been slacking. Have you? No, not yet. I hope you got. I hope all you listening have been able to do that. I mean, get your flu shot. Get your flu shot to be respiratory safe. season. Be safe out there. But if you, what are you doing if you're not doing spooky season right? Right. Yeah. Watch some scary movies. Get some caramel covered apples. You like those? No. No. Not part of the diet plan, man. Okay. You gotta have a little cheat every now and then. Yeah, I'll get some candy corn. Oh uh, no! You know I was what? Just kidding. That's gross. Okay, I was gonna say. You know what? I used to like it as a kid, but then I grew up. No. <laughs> so we have some good things for you guys. Speaking of treats, we have some good things for you guys for episode sixty. Episode sixty, another mini milestone in this this journey. Right? It's funny. I had I haven't officially announced it, but I decided to say we're in season two of Bar Top Sports Talk, and I did that like few weeks ago just because we're in almost the second year of it but season two episode 60 we're hitting you guys with week six power rankings of the nfl wait so is this season two episode one oh, i guess no not actually i don't know when did season two start i couldn't tell you it's on there i'd have to go back and look all right sorry if i make sorry if i confused you all i'm confused we got to figure that out <laughs> But the NFL season, man, I can't believe the trade deadline. We're almost halfway through the NFL season. Week six this coming week. Crazy. We got the Chiefs headlining week six, Thursday night football tomorrow. We're going to get into that. Some more of the news around the NFL. I might have even a little bit of a rant. I'm ready. During the Chiefs segment. It's not really about the Chiefs, but I'll save it. I'll save it. Some college football. College football is almost at the end of the season. It's week seven. Yeah, five more weeks until, you know, then college football playoffs, bowl season. You know, it's, 
I love and I hate football season. Obviously, the obvious reasons for why I love it. But, man, it goes by so quick once it's here. We're going to have some of the teams that have taken L's in the past week, some local teams. Not our Jayhawks, though. No, sir. I, uh, I saw something today that I thought was pretty interesting about NIL as far as college football athletes, so I have that for you guys as well. Heisman rankings. We're starting to see who's setting themselves apart. You're starting to see who's contending for it. And you, I think it's a pretty obvious, you know, who probably the top five candidates. But we'll give you guys that. Take a look at what Vegas Insider has. Give our daily or weekly picks for that. MLB. We didn't get to really highlight the MLB postseason a couple of weeks ago, but we are in the midst of it. There's only roughly two weeks left of the MLB season as we're in the later stages of the division series play. I think this weekend might even be the championship series, the ALCS and the NLCS. Very exciting, though. So we're going to have kind of give a quick recap. We won't talk too much about what happened last week or over the weekend, but we'll definitely keep it up to date and talk about. Oh, I'll give my thought. Ryan, I want, I want, to, I want to task you with this. You got to say who's going to win the World Series, at least. Because now it's narrowed down to a smaller group. So I feel like you could have a little bit better of an idea. Who's left? So right now we have Texas just advanced. Texas. Texas forever. Okay, I guess that was an easy one. We'll talk more about it in the MLB segment. Towards the end of uh, episode 60, we're going to talk some NBA. NBA seasons here, preseason, but the season starts in two weeks. Yep. I know Ryan's excited. Excited for his Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, we got KU in three Mondays, I think. That is basketball. right, yeah. The tip-off for the college basketball season. NHL is here. It's just a great time. It, it is. It's a great time for sports, sports betting, everything. We might even get the sports equinox, if you're not familiar with that. That is all major professional sports in the United States taking place on the same exact day. Which is, just, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. Wild. It is a beautiful thing. I may sound weird saying that, but I don't care. So we'll start it off. NFL week power, NFL week six power rankings, Ryan. Go ahead and hit it with us. So 49ers are at the head of the pack. I then, agree. Then we got the Eagles, Chiefs, Dolphins, Lions, Bills, Jags, Cowboys, Seahawks, Baltimore. I think those are the top 10 teams right now. I really do. I don't think you can really argue with it. You can definitely shuffle teams around inside of it. But because I was looking, I was thinking about it earlier today. I was taking a look on the teams on the outside looking into the top 10. They don't really have a case to be with that group. And even the teams on the back end of the top 10. I know there has to be a top 10, but those teams aren't really playing like top teams. Yeah, because what, half these teams are coming off an L, right? Baltimore lost, Cowboys lost, Bills lost, Seahawks had a bye. I mean, the Cowboys got absolutely destroyed, and the Bills got absolutely handled. I don't know how the Jags didn't pass them, but I guess it's 6-7, and seven, so it's not a big deal. But I think their win against, well, no, they did, they did lose to the Jaguars in London. I know they had some key defensive injuries, but it was still a sloppy game. 
So, I mean, we can break it down from the top. San Francisco, I think they're, I mean, you can't deny it. They're obviously the best team of football right now. Oh, yeah. They're firing on all cylinders. Brock Purdy could be an MVP candidate. Yeah. Say what you want about him. I'm not really a believer in him, so to speak. If you, I think if you put him in a different system, I don't think he has the same success. I think he's had a great opportunity to be around great players and a great offensive mind. I like to think of it like this. What if he had the receiving core Patrick Holmes does? Yeah, he's probably getting benched. Yeah. He's making the most of his opportunity, though, which is all that matters. Yeah, that's all you can ask. They're undefeated. So, I mean, I agree with it. Philly at number two. They move up two spots. They've impressed a little bit better. I think they're still, I mean, they're kind of like the Chiefs. You're expecting a little bit more offensively from them. Yeah. They got some bad wins early, but I still think they're trying to find themselves. They beat the Rams this past weekend. They're kind of looking like a kind of like a new team, more reliant on the run game, less big plays, still relying on the tush push. Yeah, you haven't really seen much out of Jalen Hurts so much as a runner. I think the the passing game I think will come come along. Devontae Smith, he was pretty quiet in this previous game against the Rams. I think, like I said, I think that they're very comparable to the Chiefs right now. Defense is playing great. They've had a few hiccups here and there. But, you know, offensively, you're expecting a little bit more. Kansas City at number three. We're over Miami. I think you uh, people will probably disagree with that. Miami is a good team. People, like I said, people may disagree with it because Miami's looked better offensively and defensively they've been pretty solid but that game against the Bills it just sits in the back of my mind yeah can you really call yourself a top three team if you got blown out by 28 points you know I don't think so yeah I mean I know they dropped a 70 bomb but also they played the Patriots Broncos and Giants yeah I feel like they've played some weak teams but I mean putting up 70 their offense is rolling I think more than anything health can Tua stay healthy if he can? They're a dangerous team, that's for sure. They're drawing comparisons to the greatest show on turf. That's yeah. Their run game has been going crazy too. That's gotta that's gotta you know account for something because being mentioned in the same breath as them, you know, that was a very very dynamic offense. And it, the Dolphins, as you mentioned, Ryan, they're running the football effectively. That's something that you probably wouldn't have expected from them because of their offensive line play in years past and they haven't really had a running back that's established themselves as a number one running back really they've been doing it by committee which has been even more impressive because you get one guy that can go in there and you know break off a 70 yard run and then you also have a guy that can come back come in and spell that guy and break off a 70 yard run and when them d-backs are playing deep like that it's going to open everything up and when you run the ball like that it's going to take the likelihood of Tua getting hurt and take that away a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Detroit number five, I agree with it right now. Buffalo number six. Jacksonville number seven. It's a toss-up. Jacksonville lost to Houston a couple weeks ago, but that that win against Buffalo is nice. I do wonder, though, do you think, so that, that was technically a home game for Buffalo. Now, do you think it's the same result in Buffalo and Orchard Park? If the Jags play them there? Yeah. I don't know, probably not, because you got to think the Jags played two straight weeks in London. We can't act like that time difference, that jet lag, 
I know you play the schedule that's in front of you no matter what, but Jacksonville was able to play there two weeks in a row. I know that the Bills also, what, their defensive end and then their, what, their middle linebacker got hurt in the first quarter? Matt Milano and Daquan Jones. I, I know that's going to hurt you, but I don't know. I feel like they definitely had the advantage, but. Tredavious White was hurt the week prior as well. So, yeah, I think, like I said, I know you mentioned that you probably would put Jacksonville above them. I kind of agree with you, and I kind of don't, just because for that reason. You know, I think if it was played in Buffalo, I think it might have been a different story, but this game was a neutral site game. Dallas number eight. Um, I hate that. I uh, understand that, like, <laughs> a lot of the teams outside of the top ten are trash. But you got to think, the Cowboys, the three teams that they've beaten, aren't going to make the playoffs. I, I, mean, I mean, they'll be like top 10 picks. Yeah. They, they beat the Giants, the Jets, and the Patriots. Then they lost to the Cardinals. Bad loss. I mean, they got, I mean, double-digit loss, and then got absolutely destroyed by the 49ers. I know the loss of Trayvon Diggs, I know that hurts, but the quarterback plays terrible. Tony Pollard fumbled, then disappeared after the first quarter. It was just embarrassing. It was <laughs> legitimately uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> This may sound like a hot take. I think I'd still take them over Seattle and Baltimore. With Seattle being number nine and Baltimore number 10. I don't know. Baltimore's coming off an embarrassing loss at Pittsburgh. Or was it at Baltimore? It was in Pittsburgh. But it was embarrassing. They had multiple chances to win and just couldn't do anything. That Pittsburgh defense is crazy. Lamar Jackson proved once again he's just not a passer. That's embarrassing. Interception in the end zone, fumble. Ooh, you may, he, you may bad. You may upset some folks with that, but I agree Sh- with show you. Show me the film. I agree with you. Show me the film. Eight drop passes. I get it. I didn't. But see. some of those were his fault. If you watch the game, sadly, I watched most of that game. Yeah, I think that was the one of the regional games for Kansas City. It was just trash. I put the Seahawks over the Cowboys. I know they they just have not beaten anybody. The loss of Trayvon Diggs and the play, Dak Prescott is your QB. His numbers have gone down every single year he's been in the league. And that was the whole thing through the first, what, four games. It was like, well, he's not throwing interceptions. And then what, he had three the other night? And it was just sad too, man. It was just laughable. Seattle's an interesting team because they're coming off a bye, an early bye in the season. They're 3-1. and one. I don't think I kind of expected them to be in the situation they are. I believe I picked them as the division winner. And one of the things, I mean, that might sound like a hot take, obviously, now seeing how San Francisco has been playing. But I kept the receipts. I got it written down, boy. Yeah, I, I we'll took. We'll come back to that. I took Seattle. I mean, I thought that they improved this offseason, and obviously they have. But I think that. You know, they get that win on Monday night against the Giants, and then you go into a bye week. You get to prepare for the next team. I'm not sure who they play. We'll take a look at that during our week six picks. But I think they're in a good spot right now. They're well-rested. They get to head into week six with a little bit of momentum and prove that they are a top-ten team, and maybe they move up next week. So that's the week six power rankings brought to you by Mountain Dew. Not really. That's just one of Ryan's favorite drinks. Yeah, it is. They beat the Lions, though. They did beat the Lions in Detroit. I mean, none of their other wins are, like, anything great, but, 
I mean, they're beating the teams that are in front of them. They're not making mistakes. They kind of have a balanced pass and run game. The defense is playing solid. Who would have thought that David Montgomery would be the superstar this year for that offense? It's weird. They just let DeAndre Swift go and then draft Jameer Gibbs at number five and then basically don't use him at all and then just use David Montgomery. I think but, he was picked at number 12. Oh, was he? Yeah. Maybe I drafted him at number five. Maybe I'm getting that mixed up. But, I mean, why would you use anybody else when David Montgomery's going off like that? I knew, and I was talking to my brother about this over the weekend. I knew, I believed in David Montgomery. I thought Chicago was foolish to let him go. He wasn't the problem. The offensive line is the problem. That offensive play calling is the problem. The coaching staff is the QB. problem. QB. But no, no, I wouldn't say that, my friend. One good game out of like 16. That doesn't. Yeah, he's put up some crazy fantasy numbers for me the last two weeks. We'll get into that, though. But David Montgomery, I thought, did well when in, in his time in Chicago. I thought it was a great addition by Detroit. I was very surprised they drafted Jameer Gibbs. That's a good one-two punch. But from the offseason, the hype that Jameer Gibbs had, you would have thought that David Montgomery was going to be probably getting like maybe less than 10 touches a game. And he's controlled that backfield. Well, you wouldn't expect Detroit to be anywhere this good because you got to think last year they get rid of Hawkins. They get rid of DeAndre Swift on like his still rookie deal, basically give him away. You're like, what? And then now they're born one and they're rolling. You can argue Jared Goff, MVP numbers. I saw that argument too. I think he's playing he's, very efficiently. He needs to be in consideration for it. I mean, he's got them in a good spot. I agree. Now we can get into some of the news. I'll quickly go through this. NFL players of the week, week five, we have the NFC side, the Bears, DJ Moore, offensive player of the week. I mean, he was incredible against Washington. On my fantasy team, boy. What was it, 50 or no, 40 points? 45? 49. Oh, my goodness. I would have hate to play you. Defensive player of the week for NFC, Fred Warner, monster game against the Cowboys. Oh, he was, he was everywhere. Yeah. Saints special teams player of the week, Blake Groupie. I believe he's a rookie. AFC side, Jamar Chase, again, you know, if you had DJ Moore and Jamar Chase on your fantasy team, you, that's over 110 points Oof. between the two. I would have been, been so upset. It's like, you know, what can you do? Usually, that's just a loss. Defensive player of the week, Max Crosby of the Raiders. He had a great game against the Green Bay Packers on Monday night. He, he really impressed. Another bad game. Yeah. Trash. They got to fix that. And then, well, going into the season, that game, yeah, it probably shouldn't have been prime time. I think that from what I've seen on social media, they are only putting Vegas in the limelight because that's where the Super Bowl is going to be this year. So you kind of have to, you know, preview it a little bit. Yeah. And then the Jets, Greg Zerline, special teams player of the week. Now we get into kind of the the bummer part of the news, injuries, and lots of them from big names. And if they're on your fantasy team, I feel very sorry for you. But then again, not really, because I had to overcome adversity of my own. I spoke about it last time. I think it was Saquon Barkley and Austin Eckler. I might, just, I might finally get them both back this week. But Jamar, or Justin Jefferson... What was it? His hamstring? Yeah. He's out indefinitely. 
I think he'll come back at some point this season. Hamstrings are just a very tricky injury. What was his name? Ah, uh, I know it was A-Chain. Or A-Chan, A-Chan. What was his first name? Devon? I think so. I'm not sure. We, we alluded to it earlier. Miami's explosive one-two punch in the backfield. Took a bump in the road with A-Chain. Or A-Chan going down. I believe he hurt his knee. Which is crazy because he had an amazing game. I think I saw him score like a 70-yard touchdown. And then, yep. you know, probably later in that game, you get a report that he's hurt. So, pretty wild. James Conner going on IR for the Cardinals. He was probably the, him and Marquise Brown were, you know, the only glimmers of hope for them. And now they're, it's just Marquise Brown, really. Bengals and, got lucky. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, Anthony Richardson, he is he has a sprained AC joint, a grade three. And if you are familiar with that antecubital fossa. It's just before a fractured collarbone. So I don't know. I mean obviously you guys can't see. I, I had that wrong then. I had a grade one in high school on my throwing shoulder. QB one. Yeah, it did not feel good. But it's basically they, they describe it as the piano key so think of your collarbone and you press on it and the part where your collarbone connects to your shoulder so we're throwing out medical terms not really well like where your clavicle connects to the shoulder yeah right there so you push on it that part will come up if the so he's got a grade three so that's almost separation I mean, he's got advice from a lot of people. You can't take those hits like that in the NFL. Trevor Lawrence even told him that made headlines and everything, and he won't stop. And now look, another injury. It was a concussion. Now this. Obviously, he doesn't deserve it, but you have to take care of your body. That's just negligence by the Colts coaching staff, I think. Yeah, you got to tell that, dude. We want you to be our franchise QB. You can't take hits like that. I didn't see the play what happened, did you? Or a replay? Mm. I'm interested. I might have to look that one up. So those those are some big names. Those are key pieces to, you know, all, all the respective teams. And as I mentioned, fantasy wise, that's put a lot of people in a predicament. Yep. You know, you're you're taking a look at the waiver wire trying to find somebody. And at this point in the season, everyone's made moves at some point. And then Justin Herbert broke his I think index finger on his non-throwing hand. Yes. And he's going up against the Cowboys this week. I think he should That's be wild. T. Higgins, what, broke a rib or something two weeks ago? Yes. And then I know he's supposed to play, but, like, that's yeah. risky, man. He was I can't out imagine against, that pain. He was out against the Cardinals. I did see that. So, yeah, that's, that's the bummer side of this news piece for the Week 6 NFL News. Some of the team, some names that have been thrown out there as far as being on the move. One, Javan Jefferson, he is on the move. He went to the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, that's not a needle mover. I was a believer in Van Jefferson after the playoff run he had during the Rams Super Bowl year. But he has not shown anything since that. So, I mean, he goes to Atlanta where Desmond Ritter, yes, he's coming off a great game. But Desmond Ritter has been not, he's been terrible outside of maybe two games. When you have athletes like Drake London and Kyle Pitts and you can't make it work, 
No, no. I don't think it'll last very long. McCall Hardman, he's been in the rumor mill as a player that could be on the move. I believe he's been a healthy and active multiple times this season. Has one catch for six yards on the season. Yeah. Would you be open to a reunion? No. No? No. Might as well go ahead with the young talent. He wanted to leave. That's on him now. He thought he was going to go with Aaron Rodgers and do something great. You know what happened to him? He made his bed, let him sleep in it. Why would we go back to him? Because he missed a lot of games, too. I know he came in clutch in the playoffs and the two Super Bowls that we won, like when we needed it. But he missed a lot of games, too. I don't think you just let him come back. I think we'll do fine. There's been plenty of times, too, in his his stint with the Chiefs where he wasn't really effective either. Exactly. And we'll talk about it more when we talk about the Chiefs, but I have a, I have a different take on that, too. Okay. Now another, some more rumors. I wanted to get your take on this. We were going to talk some about the Broncos, too, in regards to kind of a similar situation. The Minnesota Vikings are 1-4, right? They're now without Justin Jefferson, their best offensive player. Likely 1-4, and and you're missing your best offensive player for at least four weeks. You're likely over the next two weeks, you're, you hope to go 2-2 two and two during that stretch. Which would then put you at three and six, even three and six, and that's halfway through the season, and you're not in the playoff hunt. At this point, Ryan, do you think that the Vikings should consider tanking and having a fire sale and starting it off by trading Kirk Cousins and trying to get as much as you can for him? I think they should. He's on the downward slope of his career. What did he come in? Twenty twelve. I wouldn't even say downward slope. I mean, age-wise, yes, but play, I think he's still playing at a very high level. Yeah, but without Justin Jefferson. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see what he's made of. prime time record plus the interceptions. I think he's leading the league in touchdowns this season. Yeah. Or at least passing touchdowns. He's up there. And without Justin Jefferson, I don't know, man. I mean, you're definitely not going to make the playoffs. There's teams in need of quarterbacks, too. I mean, the Jets. I know we talked about it, I believe, in episode 59. I asked you, you know, how do the, do the Jets kind of in a similar situation? Do you try to ride it out with Zach Wilson? But this is a team that was built to win a Super Bowl this year. So, you know, do you rely on Zach Wilson or do you find a veteran? They've won a few games since we talked about that, but well, I think Kirk Cousins makes a lot of sense for them. Well, I was seeing the take today. And I know money in the NFL is weird because it seems like any team can make any situation work. But from what I saw, the Jets would be able to get Kirk Cousins and the money wouldn't hit the books this year. So if Aaron Rodgers still comes back, they could still get rid of Kirk Cousins next year. Well, he'll be a free agent. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, and and still have Aaron Rodgers if Aaron Rodgers comes back. But if they have success, he could re-sign there again. I don't know. There's not much optimism. I, I think they should. Yeah, there's not much optimism. Their defense. It's only gotten worse, and yeah. they've had a lot of injuries on it. Their O-line just keeps getting banged up. I know that's a team that won the division last year. They won 11 games. They were, they're, basically, they're, they're basically the same team in terms of roster, structure, and coaching staff. They were in a lot of these same situations last year, these one-score games. Now it's kind of looking like it was luck. Yeah, the, stronger schedule, too. I mean, when you come back from 11 games or whatever, or 11 one-score comebacks, whatever, 
I don't think you can call it luck, but it was, I mean, they broke a record for it, so that's crazy, but with all the injuries, I think you got to, I don't know, maybe a hard rebuild, but maybe a soft rebuild, but also teams don't want to, like, players don't want to waste their talent. Justin Jefferson, when is he going to get unhappy, you know? You got to keep him happy. And he hasn't signed his long-term extension. And I, I read a report. He hasn't done that specifically because he doesn't know what Minnesota is going to do at quarterback. Because as I mentioned, Kirk Cousins is a free agent after this year. So, yeah, they're, they're a team definitely to keep an eye on over the next couple of weeks. This Den- is a deep quarterback draft, too. Yes. The Denver Broncos now, I alluded to them a few minutes ago. They're a team in a similar situation. High expectations going into the season again. Mm-hmm. But they can't move their quarterback. They're stuck with <laughs> Oh, I know. That would get My anybody that would get anybody choked up. Yeah, for real. They're stuck with their quarterback. Defense is playing poorly. I mean just poorly. Sean Payton was gonna come in and fix that. Talked all that trash on Nathaniel Hackett. And, and then lost. And lost to him. It's just I don't know what they thought he was gonna do, but they keep saying he's gonna turn it around and he's gonna fix things. That's still the hot that's still the take every week after they lose. He's going to turn it around. So they are 1-4 and four as well. Over the last, or not over the last two seasons, but last year, Jerry Judy was a name that got thrown out there. Some of their big-name players, Jerry Judy, just, or Justin Simmons, guys like that, they let go of Randy Gregory. You know, maybe Cortland Sutton, maybe you move him as well. They're in a, and it, they've been basically in a rebuild since Peyton Manning. Since their 2015 Super Bowl. I think it was Super Bowl 50. Yeah. So, you know, they're, and it's tough because the, the, the hard thing about for them, it makes it, a, it's a more difficult situation because they gave up so much capital. They had to, that's tra- what Sean Payton does. Look at his time in, the Saints. He left them in Capel and then left. Retired. Lost his Hall of Fame quarterback because Drew Brees retired. So then he retired for a year, then came back to a new team. That's what he always does. Well, it's not only the you know I think cap situation. They really only it's tricky because of Russ's contract. But I'm I'm talking more in terms of the resources for drafting. They lost. They gave up several picks to acquire Sean Payton. They gave up several picks to acquire Russell. Didn't they Wilson. have to pay money for Sean Payton too? They might have, yeah. I thought they had to since he came back. But basically, they mortgaged their future for right now, and it hasn't amounted to anything. Anything. And it's a, I feel bad for my cousin. No, I don't. He's a diehard Denver Broncos fan. I've talked about him a few times, but man. Well, they have their Super Bowl on Thursday, so. Yeah, well, we got to take care of business. That's what that's what some of the hot topics right now going around the league. Now, before we move on to the fantasy football update, I want to get your opinion on this, Ryan. We talked about some of the top teams in the league so far during the power rankings portion. Who would you say? I know we talked about our division winners, you know, at the start of the season. Who would you say right now though through five games, who's making the playoffs? For uh, each conference, each seven teams. Oh, I'd have to look it up, man. I don't know those off the top of the dome. Luckily, I have the ESPN app pulled up. 
So, I mean, for example, the for me, for the AFC, I think the Dolphins make the playoffs, the Bills. The AFC North is such a toss-up right now. I want to say that Cincinnati eventually creeps back up to the top spot just because the AFC North right now is, you know, it, it's a tough division. They're kind of beating each other up. But Cleveland, Deshaun Watson's banged up. Baltimore, I'm not, I'm not sold on them. I think if they're in close games, I think Lamar will find a way to lose it for them. Pittsburgh, their offense is too inconsistent. Jacksonville, I think, is a for sure lock. Kansas City, I think the Chargers sneak in there too. So I've got Kansas City, Jacksonville, Cincinnati, Miami, Buffalo. I'll throw in the Chargers. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe Baltimore. Those are my seven. I'd probably agree with that right now. Because I don't think New York. No. Zach Wilson is not going to get them there. No, unless they do get Kirk Cousins, and they still have a hole to dig themselves out of now. Yeah. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's a team. I, I believe in Mike Tomlin, and maybe. Mr. 8-8. Eight eight. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe he can, you know, get this team to. They're, they're leading the division right now. They're 3-2. and two. They're tied with Baltimore. They own the tiebreaker, of course. But, again, their offense is just too inconsistent. I think everyone, I guess the city of Pittsburgh hates Matt Canada. Yeah. So I mean, you have that going on. So maybe they'll they'll be in the hunt though, I think. A dark horse team. I'll throw that out there. Houston. They're a young up and coming team. CJ Stroud, he's been He's been playing better. He's probably exceeded any expectation that was laid out for him before the season. But D'Amico Ryan's is they're they're a well coached team. They're playing teams tough. They already beat Jacksonville, as we mentioned. So, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't count them out. You know, they may come up short of the wild card spot. I don't think – I think they probably hover around like a, an 8-9, maybe a 7-10. and 10. NFC side. I think you got to go Philly, obviously. Detroit. San Fran. San Fran. Those are the obvious ones. But then who falls in after? The NFC is tough. It is so wide open. I'd say Seattle. You got to talk about NFC South winner, though. I know I said there's a three-way. So the Bucks were on a bye week. Atlanta and New Orleans are tied at three and two. I think New Orleans and Tampa make it in. So I'll go San Francisco, Seattle, Tampa, and New Orleans. Detroit. Philly. So I got one more. I'll go Dallas. I think Dallas, all the dysfunction, all the hate and everything, I think they, they somehow make it. They were, they were uh, I think in one of my FanDuel things, they were a pick, so I hope they make it. I know you may differ on this one. On the Cowboys? No, I'm just on the seven playoff teams for the NFC. Nah. I probably agree with it. I mean, you got to think the Cowboys, I mean, they still get to play. I mean, they got to play at the Chargers after that embarrassing loss, but they get an extra day of rest. But how effective is 
is that non-throwing hand going to bother Justin Herbert at all? I know they've had a lot of injuries. They still have to play at Eagles. They have to play the Seahawks. Then got to play the Eagles again. Then at Buffalo, at Miami, Detroit. Still have to play Washington twice. I mean, they still got to play the Giants again. At Panthers. The Rams, I don't know. Some of it's favorable. I mean, Washington, I mean, they're no scrubs, but their quarterback play, too, is... Inconsistent. Yeah. How about we talk some fantasy football? Let's go. So I know you, Ryan. I feel like I know you pretty well when it comes to some goofy things like this. Would you agree with me that having the number one overall pick in the fantasy football draft is probably one of the... A very stressful situation. Yeah, I think it's the worst thing, and I had it this year, and I hate it, and I'll argue with anybody. It's terrible. I hate it. Would you ever you try to trade out of that situation, trade with somebody, swap picks? I don't think we have that in my league, but I wish I did because I hate it. It is a lot of pressure. You, it's something you have to get right yeah. because otherwise, that's your top player, and it's looking like. The number one overall pick has been a curse. Yeah. Someone brought this up on Twitter. Alex Caruso. He went back and did a little bit of digging. The last four number overall number one overall picks projected, according to like ESPN Fantasy, I'm assuming. Justin Jefferson this year, currently on IR. 2022, Jonathan Taylor missed 11 games. 2021, Christian McCaffrey missed seven games. 2020, Christian McCaffrey missed three games. So McCaffrey missed 10 games over the last two years. It's, it's, it's not looking so far-fetched. It's almost kind of like the Madden curse. Yeah. It, you know, it's hit and miss, but really the last four years, that's three games in 2020 isn't terrible, but still you're expecting your top player to be fully healthy, you know, yeah. game, game in and game out. But then 2021 to 2023, it seems pretty believable. And as I mentioned, if you, this year, if you have like Justin Jefferson and the other players that I mentioned during the injury por- portion of the NFL news, you're probably in a predicament. Ryan, I know you, you, you have at least one of those guys, right? Yeah. Justin Jefferson, James Conner, or Anthony Richardson, or... I have Anthony Richardson in your league, but he's not my starter because Patty Mahomes is my starter. Okay, so you avoided it. Well, how are your fantasy teams looking? Uh, in your league, I'm 3-2. and two. And then in my league, I'm 3-2. and two. Respectable. Solid. Uh, I mean, I had Kelsey out the first week in our league. And then week one, Mahomes against Detroit. That was... I will say I'm gonna brag a little bit. Two leagues, I'm three and two. I believe one. I think one is yours. Another league, I'm four and one. And then the other league, my main league, I'm two and three in, but I'm making a comeback. I want to give a shout out. How about the job Uncle Kenny Robertson has done? Dude, he is every year. Five Dude, and zero. He's letting me know about it every week too. He was 0-4 last year, but this year he is 5-0. and 
some players to look out for on the waiver wire from what I've seen. I mean, some of the guys that obviously it's already passed. Depending on how deep your league is. Yeah, so obviously it's already passed. Di Mercado, Amari Di Mercado of Arizona, he may be able to help you. I know he wasn't named the starter in Arizona, but with James Conner out, you got to imagine that he's going to get some touches. Jaleel McLaughlin of Denver, I think he should be on someone's roster just because I think he probably took Samaj P. Ryan's spot as RB2 in Denver. And other leagues, let me see. Who else have I picked? Logan Thomas. I've seen in some leagues Logan Thomas has been available as a tight end. He's tight end number eight on the season. Washington has thrown the ball a lot. I think he's a good option. Let me check one more. Rasheed Rice. If you can scoop up Rasheed Rice, if he's on the waiver wire, I think he's Kansas City's best receiver. I got him in in my league. A lot of people didn't draft him. I think you did, which is probably smart. Yeah, he was one of my later round picks, but he showed a lot of potential. But and he's a Chiefs player. I want to get as many Chiefs players on the roster as I can. But always. I think I think he is truly emerging as the Chiefs' best receiver. I saw a stat that he is the highest graded Chiefs receiver through the first five games. I think he's slowly separating himself. <laughs> a little alert during the show. Ryan just added Logan Thomas. Yeah, dude. So see, my fantasy advice is good sometimes. But yeah, gotta Rashe- beat Nick this week, man. But Rasheed Rice, I think so. Right now, he's only he's not projected much. Obviously, Kansas City hasn't established who a number one receiver is. But I think I think he's gonna be a guy that steps up. I think for sure. I put him in this week. Had to take Sutton out since we're playing against him. And before we move out of the fantasy stuff, and I don't mean to throw you under the bus, I just want to shout it out. My girlfriend beat you last week. Was that who that was? Yep. And I just want to shout her out. I was beyond proud. I was sad for you, proud for her. Hey, all respect to Emily. I'll I'll take a I'll take a loss like a man. She was hyped. Oh, she was. Oh, she was hyped, hyped. She was like, I gotta win. I was like, hell yeah. I gotta look at this now. Yeah. She's had some bad luck, man. Gotcha. Oh yeah, she beat me by ten. Kudos to her. All right, now let's get into some Chiefs. As we wind down on this NFL segment. As I mentioned, I might have a little bit of a rant. I'm kind of getting annoyed, man. I'm I don't about you. I, I don't know about you. I feel like you're probably on the same page with me on this. I'm getting really annoyed. All these bandwagon fans now start panic, talk trash on everybody. Not so much that, no. That's but the thing that's that is bothering an- me the most. Okay, that is annoying too. Like you guys didn't watch the one win, two win, five yeah. win. Matt Castle, Brody Coro. Trent Green post concussion. Tyler Palco, Tyler Thigpen. What was the dude from Missouri? I don't know, but oh. we Damon Heward. I looked up. We Chase had, Daniel. Chase. He was a backup. He did okay. I thought he started some game. He was during Alex Smith era. That was a good time. But. I I looked up. We had Brady Quinn start games for us. Yeah. And he was a bust. Yeah. Didn't the Browns draft him really high? Yeah. But no, no, no. I do do agree with you, though. That is annoying. Some of the bandwagon I didn't mean to take over your rant. I thought that was going to be your rant. Oh, no. My fault. No. Floor is yours. So my my gripe is this. NFL officiating, right? It's never great. It's never going to be perfect. The expectations for 
NFL officiating to be perfect, I think is, you know, unfair to the officials in a way, even though some of the officials do deserve the hate, but I'm getting really annoyed. This narrative that, oh, Kansas City is getting all these calls late in games and that's why they're winning. Oh, the Chiefs had the refs in their pocket. And it kind of started, obviously, with the Super Bowl. I think that call back then, we're not going to get too much into that, but I think that call in the Super Bowl was plain as day. It was obvious. James Bradbury held Juju Smith-Schuster. Clear as day. The last two weeks, though, has been heavily under a microscope against the Jets and against the Vikings. Oh, this particular play... And the Jets game is the reason why they lost. I can't remember what it was. This particular play against the Vikings is the reason why the Vikings lost. That defensive, they waved off defensive holding against LeJarrius Sneed. He, didn't, he took his helmet off. This and that. When are we going to stop trying to throw shade at the Chiefs, throw hate at the Chiefs, saying that oh, we got the refs on our side? When are we going to start acknowledging the fact that these teams are playing poorly? And they put themselves in position to leave the game up to officials. And they, they don't put themselves in position to actually beat the Chiefs. When are we, we going to talk about that? Yeah, and I looked it up today just to back you up. I, if it updated from last week, we're the 10th most penalized team in the league. So where do they get this narrative that we get all the calls? So actually, we, we can go back further than that. KC Sports Network. I saw that. Local. Talk it. I like them. They, they put out some really good content. Ryan mentioned, it might have, might have changed, but for the 2023 season, as of two days ago, we were the seventh most penalized team in the NFL. Top 10. Last year, we were actually pretty disciplined. Year before that, 2021, eighth most, 111 penalties. 2020, odd year, still yet, fourth most penalized team in the league, 105. 2019, Patrick Mahomes' second year as a starter. 18th most, that's not bad. That's playing pretty disciplined. Patrick Mahomes' first year starting in the league. First in the NFL, 137 penalties accepted against the Chiefs. All total, over those five years, Kansas City has the third most penalties as a team. And don't forget some of those penalties that lost us the AFC Championship game, but we don't cry about that, do we? And I, I think back to that, and I do think of that Chris Jones roughing the passer on Tom Brady. Obviously, you can point to that. And again, it kind of contradicts myself. That play lost the Chiefs the game. But you also have to point out, if you're going to point out that, you have to point out the fact that Patrick Mahomes didn't play well in the first half of that game. The Chiefs didn't play well in the first half of that game. They, what about the clear fumble on the punt that they... Julian Edelman. Yeah. yeah. That was another play, yeah. What account did you say that was? KC Sports Network. But, I mean, again, like, if I'm going to tell, if I'm going to preach it to people, I have to accept it, too. The 2000, yes, the 2018 game against the Patriots, you have to acknowledge the fact that Kansas City played poorly mm-hmm. in that first half. I think they allowed themselves to get down 17 to nothing. You can't do that. Don't put yourself in a position to make the ref make that call. Right. It's that easy. Jets, tell Zach Wilson not to fumble the ball. Yeah, or just be a piss-poor quarterback. Tell the coaching staff, tell Robert Sala, don't allow yourself to get down 17 nothing. early in that game. Really, we should have blown them out. 
they're lucky they were even in position. Our offense has been pretty inconsistent. Vikings. Are we going to acknowledge the fact that the Vikings have been notoriously bad in the first quarter this season? They've been one of the worst first half teams in the season. It even dates back to last year. The Vikings, why do you think they were in so many one-score games last year? And their turnover issues. Why do you, yeah, why is that? Well, May- they had three in the first half against the Eagles. Maybe is it because they played poorly in the first half of games, and then the second half they make it pretty close, they make it competitive. Most of them are unforced turnovers too. My point is, again, yeah, Ryan's bringing some good backup points. When are we going to acknowledge that? When are we going to acknowledge that teams play bad for links of the game? They do come back, but when are we going to acknowledge that there's other plays during that game that if you execute at a high level, you beat Kansas City, and you don't even have to worry about the official. So I had to get that off my chest. I mean, we were taught, I mean, you played sports your whole life. I played sports my whole life. We were taught at a very young age, a game doesn't come down to one play. We were told you never blame the refs. If you're blaming the refs, you should be blaming yourself because you should have tried harder. You should have done something different that entire game. Play after play after play. Exactly. Refs. That's just a that's a sore loser. That's it just is. weak. I just I can't stand the the media, the false narrative that's being spread around. And even my nephew, I got to deal with my nephew and my uh, my brother, they're, they're diehard Eagles fans. I'd put on the gloves. So obviously they, you know, they, oh the how about the holding penalty, you know, in the Super Bowl? I'm like it was a hold. What do you want me to say? Yeah, they I played like, one angle where it didn't look like it, but every other angle, it was a hold. And they were like, well, they didn't call it all game. Okay. So they should have called it all game, but didn't. A penalty is a penalty. So they got away with it all game, then they finally called it, and now you're griping? That's just bad officiating. You can't say that's, oh, it's in favor of Kansas City. There's times Kansas City didn't get it. I mean, again, we're getting back on the Super Bowl, but yeah, I had to get that off my chest. Besides that, what are your thoughts of Kansas City through five games? I just think this is a different Chiefs team than what we've seen in the past. I don't think this is a Chiefs team that has to score. 35, 40 points a game to win. I think we can rely on our defense a little more and our run game. So I don't think we have to go out there and rely on Patrick to throw five touchdowns a game to win, four touchdowns a game to win. I mean, what, we're four and one? He hasn't had a crazy game yet. I I just think it's a different Chiefs team that we're not used to. So people are panicking a little bit because our defense has stepped up. Our young D-backs, they're just getting so much better. That postseason, I think, helped their growth so much. Shout out to McDuffie. He's a monster. You met him. I mean, it's just, I think it's just a different Chiefs, Chiefs team. People are panicking about it. But, like, you got to think back to that AFC championship game against the Patriots. And I'm just saying, if we would have had Kareem Hunt, which we had to cut because whatever, he kicked the lady, whatever. If we would have been able to run the ball and ice that game, it would have been over. Now we have a running back to where we can ice game. We don't have to rely on Patrick to throw the ball 50 times a game. It's just a different type of team. It's more balanced. Like, and I think that's what's different. And people like panic about it, like that we, we're just a lower-scoring team than we used to be. And I think that's fine. A win's a win. I agree with you to an extent. I will say this. I agree with you. Defense has been phenomenal 
so far to start the season. I think we're we're holding opponents. We haven't allowed a team to score over 20 points yet through five games. That is great. And we played some decent offenses like Detroit, Jacksonville, and Minnesota. And our defense isn't even at full strength yet. Yeah. For Charles Amena, who was on the way. I can't pronounce his name. I was going to say it, but I was waiting <laughs> for you to because I didn't want to get roasted. But exactly. We saw how he played in the preseason. I know it's just preseason, but he it speaks for itself. He was a beast for San Francisco. Exactly. I think, yes, the running game obviously has been very impressive. Isaiah Pacheco, you know, it was a foreshadow of what was to come this year, last year. Yeah, and we didn't even know he needed two surgeries. He was playing banged up last year, too. I think, yeah, it's it's different. People are, you know, hating on Mahomes. Oh, his stats aren't what they used to be. Oh, Russell Wilson's putting up similar numbers. But if you take a look at it, if you really wanted to compare stats, like Russell Wilson's QBR, which some people measure that for good quarterback play, some people don't. You know, it's either, neither here nor there. But if you want to talk about it, Patrick Mahomes is top five in QBR. Russell Wilson, I believe, was in the bottom half of the league. Patrick Mahomes finally has a top defense consistently, knock on wood, and like they knock him for it. And we actually are able to ice the clock a little bit with our run game. So, yeah, that's going to take away some passing attempts. But also our receiving core has been a little, you know, it's been sloppy. It's been inconsistent other than Travis, and even he's had some drops. But now we can run the ball. Like, why wouldn't you want to run the ball if you can? Take that clock away. Because what happened in the past couple years, what's happened, especially in the fourth quarter, it's happened, I think, twice against the Chargers. It happened against the Patriots. I'm sure it's happened other times, and I just can't remember. But late in the fourth quarter, we go down and score too fast. And then the other team comes back and beats us. Now we don't got to worry about that because we have an actual run game that we can depend on. You can be more methodical. Exactly. It can be more balanced. Eat the clock away. The one thing I will say that I've been trying to get to this point was I just wish that our offense would be more consistent. I think this season... There's been times where we've came up hot to start a game. We've jumped on teams early. But then there's, you know, you get into the second quarter and there's a lapse. Things aren't flowing, whether it be play calling, whether it be execution. Just things aren't clicking right in the second quarter. And then you allow teams to get back into the games. Minnesota. New York. You know. Yeah, and then that takes away the run game. Then you have to rely on Patrick and our inconsistent receiving core. Which, yeah, it can make things difficult. And then, you know, the second half, you come out of the locker room, Andy Reid's obviously great at making adjustments. Well, sometimes. There are are times where he won't go away from a game plan. Same thing with Spags, but I think they've gotten better about it. I would just like to see our offense be more consistent through all four quarters. I'm not saying you have to necessarily score all four quarters, Obviously put up points, but if you can, say you can sustain a drive for four or five minutes at a time, that's taking up a lot of time off that clock, even if you're not scoring. So that's, all, that's my only thing. I think four and one, you're in a good spot. You're leading the division. You're in a good position to put yourself for the top seed in the AFC. 
So I think, yeah, you're in a good spot. Relatively healthy. Again, you got people coming. Charles Amenahu. So, yeah, I'm I'm happy with where we are. I think we could be better offensively, though. Preview for the Broncos. I think they're one of the worst teams in the football. Put them way early. Do what you did to Chicago to them. This is the team that gave up 70 points. This is a team that's allowed. I can take a look at it. I'm pretty sure they've allowed over 30 points in just about every single game they've played this season. 31 to get against the Jets, 28 against the Bears, 70 against the Dolphins, 35 against the the Commanders, 17 against the Raiders, but that's the Raiders. Use it as a get-right game for your offense again. We had a similar performance against the Bears. I'd probably expect to see that. Don't even let them, don't even let it get close. The closest it needs to be is 0-0. Zero, zero. I think execute don't better. give them a chance. Execute better. Don't, you got to keep penalties down at least 3-4. to four. You can't have 10 penalties again. Don't give them confidence like they did last year. Because last year what we had up 28 points. And then Russell Wilson had a you know, miraculous comeback, but they still lost. But, you know, don't give them confidence. They're a bad team. Put them away early. Because this is their biggest game of the year. It's that simple. Short. I mean, what, don't they play like us and then like, what, the Giants or something weird than us again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in two weeks. Or that's three weeks. I did see some before we get into the pit, uh, week six picks. They're calling it the nightmare before Christmas now. Because the Christmas game, the Broncos and the Patriots, I believe. Uh, <laughs> that's a way to ruin a holiday. Yeah. No one's going to watch that game. All right, Chiefs and Broncos. Obvious. Chiefs. Make sure you're getting these, man. Got to be accountable. I got these. So we're both taking Chiefs. Ravens, Titans. International game. Both are going over to London, I believe. I'm, you know what? I'm this gonna go is up. tough because it's like two inconsistent quarterbacks. I'm going to go upset. I'm going to go Titans. It's a weird neutral game. Ravens have more to lose. I'm going to go Titans. I think I'm going to go Ravens. Commanders, Falcons. The Falcons are the favorites in this game, surprisingly. They've been a weird offense. Commanders are coming off a game where they dropped, gave up 40 points to a struggling team. I kind of want to go Commanders here, though. Upset. I'm going ATL. Seahawks and Bengals. Did the Bengals fix things against Arizona? I don't know. No, it's Arizona, and everybody was getting hurt. I don't think so. But do you I, think I Seattle, Seahawks. Seattle goes into Cincinnati and upsets them? Yeah. Cincinnati's favored by two and a half. I think I'll go Seattle with you on that one. Jacksonville and Indy. I think they already played this. Gardner Minshew's QB. They did. That was the first game for both teams. Jacksonville won 31 to 21. Jacksonville's offense needs to be more consistent too. They have too much talent to not be beating teams convincingly. 
I know this is weird. I'm going to go with the Colts, with the Jags being in London for the last two weeks and then coming back. I'm going to go with the Colts. Okay. Trust in the stash? Yep. Who do you I'll go Jacksonville. Dolphins and Panthers. I think that's an <laughs> obvious one. Bears and Vikings. Now this, this should be an interesting game. Two one and four teams again. Is is Minnesota on the brink of an, an uh, implosion? I'm Do, going the Bears strictly because they don't have Justin Jefferson. I'll go the Bears just because the Bears have a little bit of momentum. They've had time to prepare, and they're I think they're going to kick Minnesota while they're down. And that Vikings defense is injury ridden. That offensive line is injury ridden. I'm going Bears. We're going Bears. Yeah. Niners versus the Browns. Browns are going to be without Deshaun Watson, it looks like. Niners, obviously. Yeah. Even with Watson playing. Saints, Texans. I'm going Texans. It's in Houston. H-Town. Shout out Kirko. I'm going Saints. You're going to disrespect Kirko Bangs like that. Can't believe you, man. I got to go with the Saints, man. I got their defense lead. Okay. Patriots, Raiders. Ugly game. <sighs> Raiders. You know what? I, I don't know. I take that back. Bill Belichick has to be pissed off after giving up over 60 points the last two weeks and only scoring three. I don't know. You got you to gotta imagine pride sets in right now. That's just a trash game all around. It's a toss-up, really. The Raiders were lucky to win Monday night, I think. Green Bay just played poorly enough. Jordan Love throwing interception after interception. And then he had a fumble, too, right? Never mind. I'll go Raiders. Their Patriots offense has just been terrible. I think the Raiders have more stars overall. Lions, Bucks. This should be a good game. I'm actually excited to see this one. I'm going Baker and the Bucks. I knew you would. I knew you would. I'm going to go. Mm. I think I might go with you. I'm going to go Tampa. Cardinals, Rams. I'm going Rams. I'll go Rams as well. With the Cardinals being down, some guys. Eagles, Jets. Eagles. <laughs> yeah. Giants and Bills. Sunday Night Football. This should not be prime time. Giants are supposed to be down a few starters, I believe, from reports that I've seen. We'll go Bills, obviously. Cowboys Chargers, Monday Night Football. On paper, it looks like a good game. But the product that we get remains to be seen. Are the Chargers healthy, like fully? They're coming off a bye week. They get Austin Eckler back. I'll go Chargers. I think the Cowboys dropped two in a row. I'm going with the boys. The Cowboys. Okay, okay. All right. And as we did in episode 59, we're going to give you guys our locks of the week. It can either be spread, money line, or over under. Or if you even want to create like a little small parlay. So a little three-legger if you guys are interested. Now you can... Either take the spread or you can or you don't have to. But if you get a if you get a profit boost, it'll help even more. 
I think if you go Dolphins as an alternate spread of minus nine and a half, the 49ers as probably minus six and a half, and the Eagles probably at minus three and a half. Or actually, no, no, scratch that. The Bills at minus 12 and a half. We'll throw that out there. I think that could be a good parlay, especially if you profit boost it, because those are three heavy favorites this week. And I think those are three obvious games. So that's, I'd say if you want a nice three-legger, I think that's a good lock. I like I got a four-leg. I'm going over-under for Seattle at Cincy, over 45.5. New Orleans at Houston, under 42.5. New England at Las Vegas, under 41.5. Detroit Lions at Tampa Bay, over 43.5. I like those. I think think those are realistic. Upset pick of the week, I'm going to go Texans over Saint. I think if you take that as a straight bet, it would probably do pretty well. But we'll see. That's where we leave off for the NFL. We'll get into college football now. We'll try to run through this pretty quick so we can get to some other things. Week 7, AP Top 10. No surprises at the top. It's still the same since you guys last heard us in episode 59. Georgia number 1, Michigan number 2, Ohio State number 3, Florida State number 4, Oklahoma moves up to number 5, Penn State number 6, Washington number 7, Oregon number 8, Texas number 9 somehow. So Texas dropped 6? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they were number three. And USC number 10. I think that's fair. Louisville's making a case. They haven't really played a very tough schedule, but they are undefeated. Ole Miss, UNC, Bama. Bama may creep into the top 10 this week. Some news in college football, or some of the, the headlines from. Week six, Oklahoma, they made a statement. Yeah. Upset yeah. Texas in the Red River rivalry. They're looking at a team. They're looking like a team that could potentially make a run at the college football playoff. Dylan Gabriel, he's been thrown in there as a Heisman candidate now. I like them. They're, they're a solid team. We get them in a couple weeks. I know they had a graphic during the game. If they won that then went out, I think they have like a, or just winning that game alone gives them like a 79% chance of making it. They have a strong, yeah, they have a strong chance. I don't think they play K-State. That'd probably be one of their, them and KU would probably be their last few tough opponents. And we play them October 28th. Mm -hmm. So they have a good shot at winning the Big 12 this year, I think. Missouri and Kansas State, I alluded to it earlier. We were the only local team to win. Mm -hmm. Missouri blew it. Had an opportunity to get a huge SEC win. They haven't had many of those. Mm-hmm. Not against the good competition. Not against teams like Florida, Alabama, Tennessee, Georgia. They've been close. They've been close a few times. I had LSU at two and a half in all game. Missouri was in control. And then somehow LSU won by 10. And I was like, yes, sir. Kansas State. You think this would be a gimme? Them on the road at Oklahoma State. Uh, they got mobbed on. They got mopped on. Even with all their turnovers, 
and Oklahoma being in the like really great field position, Oklahoma State just still wasn't able to capitalize. It should have been a blowout, but Oklahoma State just couldn't capitalize in the red zone. They had to kick six field goals, only made five of them. You know what's funny? What? I feel partly responsible for it because I bet on both of them. To win? Yeah. Who'd you bet on to win? Missouri. What? Then, yeah, I picked Missouri as upset. I was chasing the upset. And then Kansas State, I picked, uh, I did a profit, single game profit boost on some of their players for oh, yards. You, des- you deserve that. No, I mean, I'm, I'm happy with the results. I think it's hilarious. Now, one other thing, the NIL, this is becoming a, more of a hot topic. We're starting to see, you know, what these kids are getting, some of the dollar amounts. We've seen Utah, they bought, or they leased their entire team, I believe 85 players. They got new trucks. I can't remember what truck it was, but they were very, very nice. But I, I saw something interesting with, in regards to NIL. These are the top valuations. And it may come as no surprise. The top one was kind of shocking. Shador Sanders has the top NIL valuation in college football at $4.8 million. I have no idea why that is. And I get it. His dad's a Hall of Fame player. Yeah. But truly his play. Number was wise. He looks good. But truly, if you watch the games, you're barely beating the Arizona State team. Man, come on. Colorado should beat them by probably two or three scores. Arch Manning, backing up Quinn Ewers this year. Probably expect to see him play next year. He's valued at $2.8 million. Not sure why. Family name. Yeah. All that Texas oil money. Yeah. Caleb Williams, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, likely a lock to win the Heisman this year again if he continues to play the way he is. Only valued at 2.7. And the projected number one overall pick. Yeah, that didn't make sense to me. And then Travis Hunter at 2.3. Those were the highest for college football. I would expect Caleb Williams to just have just about any endorsement, you know, you can think of for at least a college athlete. Obviously, it's not going to be huge. He could get probably like a little Nike deal. I think he has beats by Dre. He's a part of the Heisman House, you know, those advertisements. Think Wendy's. But, it, I mean, I would expect him. Like, why is Shador Sanders valued at more than Caleb Williams? Almost double. Yeah. That was, that was interesting to me. So I, I wanted to share that with you guys. Heisman rankings. We'll get through this really quick. I'm going to try to look it up. I believe Vegas Insider, they usually have who the odds-on favorites are. Let me see. Let me see. We'll see if who they have it updated as now. Michael Penix Jr. of Washington is the odds-on favorite right now for quite a few of the sports books. Caleb Williams at number two. Bo Nix at number three. Hey, that man's a, he's a grown man playing against kids. He's 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 only a few years younger than us. <laughs> He needs to get out of college. Yeah, like that dude's already paying a mortgage. <laughs> Just about. Dylan Gabriel, as I mentioned, 
he's he's been playing really well. He has Oklahoma at number five. He is number four in the odds for Heisman. Jordan Travis of Florida State at number five. Drake May at number six. J.J. McCarthy. Really, it's just a lot of quarterbacks. Brock Bowers, tight end. But, yeah, Michael Penix Jr. You're going to start seeing Washington get tested here in the next couple weeks. You're going to start to see if he can really, you know, make that case that he is the legitimate best player in college football and if he can, you know, have that signature Heisman moment. Separate himself from the pack. Mm-hmm. Now, I mentioned the AP Top 10. Well, with this latest Top 25 from the AP for Week 7, our Kansas Jayhawks are in it. Again. We're back. Kansas, after we got demolished by Texas, we demolished UCF. Which was nice. With our backup QB is, and our starter is a late scratch. Yeah, again. Asterisk. Just saying. Is that a little frustrating? Yeah. Care to comment on Jalen Daniels? It doesn't sound like you should be playing football. If you're 20 and you're back that bad that you can play one week and can't play the next. I mean, we were... Sounds kind of dangerous. We were We were texting about it over the weekend. I'm wondering if, you know... Is this something he needs surgery on or to, you know, make sure it doesn't linger? Sometimes they say lower back pain, back spasms, back tightness, back soreness. Definitely sounds like something's going on. This is two years of this. Kind of weird. Real deal, Devin Neal stepped up. Yep. I think he's our best offensive player. I really hope that dude gets drafted. He's a, he's a great player. And he's a local product from Lawrence, Kansas. Has the Jayhawks ranked at number 23. I'm excited for them. They have Oklahoma State up next. Man, this, I don't know, it could be a tricky game. We thought we were going to mop the floor with Nevada, and we we saw how that game went. The, Just like last year, we need to beat Oklahoma State. Jason Bean was the starter to beat bowl eligible. Same thing this year. That's right. They're coming off a big win against K-State. But one thing I noticed, like from watching some of that game, because I was switching through, just like uh, Will Howard had 10 rush for 104 yards with a rushing touchdown. Jason Bean is definitely more athletic. He should be able to get more than that in our rushing game. I just feel like what we have to do is establish our running game, like I say, every KU game, but try and put ourselves in a position where we don't have to rely on Jason Bean making the big play because it seems like whenever we – like he will make some big plays, but sometimes he'll make some bonehead plays too, throwing into double tri- – even triple coverage sometimes, overthrowing people. I mean, obviously he's a great athlete. And I feel where he struggles the most at is probably his decision-making, yep. and, and not necessarily in the passing game, but on those read option plays. Mm-hmm. Of his own replays, I feel like he holds onto the ball a little bit too long when he's riding the the mesh point. Yeah, that's what, at least what I noticed in the Texas game. I think that really is what lost us against Texas. I think our defense played pretty well, but yeah, I agree with you. Run the football, play good defense. It's it's a road game. We're only favored by three. They're coming off a big win against Kansas State. Got to come ready to play. Show the country that you need to stay in the top twenty-five. Because we're fighting to become bowl eligible, but they're fighting for their season. Yes. So they have a lot to play for, a lot of momentum coming into this game. Because 
is Jalen Daniels definitely not playing? I haven't seen any reports said? yet. Yeah. We'll start our week 25 pick or top 25 picks off with that week seven. Number 23, Kansas on the road, Oklahoma State. Rock Chalk. Georgia on the road at Vanderbilt. Georgia. Georgia's 31 and a half point favorites. <laughs> Georgia. Michigan hosting Indiana, Michigan. Michigan. Ohio State at Purdue. Purdue upsets them every couple years, but Ohio State looked way too good this year. Ohio State's been tested a few times. Maryland gave them trouble. Maryland's a good team. I'll go Ohio State, but watch out for Purdue upset. If you're chasing money, maybe that's a game you put a little bit on Purdue money line. Syracuse at Florida State. Florida State. Arkansas, Alabama. It's at Alabama, so I'll give Alabama the benefit of the doubt. If it was in Arkansas, I'd probably lean Arkansas. Cal at Utah. We'll go Utah. Massachusetts at Penn State. Easy. 41 and a half point favorites. The Knitting Lions. Now, I mentioned Bo Nix. I mentioned Michael Penix. Two Heisman front runners. We get to see them square off. 2.30 ABC, which is nice because they're playing during the day, not at night on the West Coast. So this is going to be, everyone's going to be watching this game. Oregon. Number eight in the country at Washington. That's a coin toss. I don't really know much about Washington. Oregon's been in the spotlight a little bit since they beat Colorado the way they did. I'll go Washington, though. Home game. I'll go with them. Who's a favorite? Washington by three. I'll go Oregon. Okay. Texas A&M versus Tennessee. Tennessee number eight. Tennessee number 19. I'm going to go Texas A&M, though. They almost beat Alabama last week. I'll go Tennessee. Louisville against Pitt. Louisville, as I mentioned, 6-0. and We're going up against a 1-4 Pitt team. You got to be careful. I'm going to go Louisville, though. Arizona versus Washington State. I'll go Washington State. Although Arizona did give USC trouble. Auburn versus LSU. I'm going to go LSU. They're at home. I'll go Auburn. Now another big game. Number 10 USC on the road in South Bend, Indiana. Fighting Irish host them. Number 21 versus number 10. Notre Dame coming off a loss. Embarrassing loss against Louisville, I believe, is what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Thirty-three to twenty. USC's USC's been sketchy the last few weeks. That's a toss-up. I'll go USC. They're they're the underdogs in this matchup. Caleb Williams. I think he can lead him. Who you got? USC. Miami versus North Carolina. Number 25 versus number 17. Or versus number 12. I'm going with the U. I'll go UNC. Just because they're the home team. Missouri on the road at Kentucky. Oh, this is terrible. I don't want to root for either teams. I'll probably, I'll probably go. 
I'll probably go Missouri. Upset on the road at Kentucky. I'll go Missouri. UCLA versus Oregon. Another big time ranked matchup. I'll go I'll go Oregon State though. UCLA. NC State versus Duke. Number 17, Duke. I'll go Duke. I also saw this it's random, but the like major blue. I just stuttered. Major blue bloods in college basketball are all ranked for the first time in however many years in college football. Kentucky, KU, Duke, and North Carolina. That's good for college sports. Yeah, it is. I just thought that was an interesting fact. I saw that. MLB postseason now, Brian. I know you aren't too fond of baseball, and I've said that multiple times during these episodes, but I encourage you to watch the MLB postseason game. It's been pretty exciting so far, and if you've seen some of the videos of the crowds, they're pretty electric. Me and, me and, me and Hector were kind of having a debate, you know, through Twitter about which crowd, is, which crowd environment is better, an MLB postseason or NFL playoffs. NFL playoff. Well, that's what I was saying too. But I've I seen. I don't think it's close. I told it from my perspective about the 2019 playoff game against the Texans when the Chiefs were down 24 nothing. Now that stands out to me just because I was at that game. But I've also been to an MLB postseason game when the Royals game mm-hmm. two of the ALDS against the Houston Astros. I mean, they're they're, they're both pretty pretty amazing. Arrowhead is obviously a different beast. But MLB postseason, like Philly, Philly's crowd's been amazing. Philly's just a nuthouse city anyway. Even Atlanta, Atlanta's had really good crowds. Baltimore had a good crowd. But they got swept. Now, we mentioned some of the teams. Again, Baltimore gets beat by Texas. Some favorites were some other favorites that lost the Tampa Bay Rays. High expectations after they had that hot start to the season. The Brewers lost. Not really surprised by that. The Rangers. I think they were my pick. Them in them in Philly. I'm gonna call it right now. That's the World Series. What else? We got the games tonight. Philly's taking a 2-1 lead over Atlanta. Atlanta is the odds-on favorite to win it all. And they're down 2-1. to one. Got a best-of-five series. You think they can overcome it? I don't know. Their next couple games. Next game's in Philly. Philly has a chance to close it out in Philly. That environment is different, too. You have the Twins and Astros. I think the Astros eventually win that. Oh, they're up right now. They're up 2-1 in the series. I think by the time you all hear this, you know, we're probably going to see Houston win this. But the team, the team, the team I want to talk about, the team that everybody is talking about, the Los Angeles Dodgers. I know you know them. I know you know the recent history of them, at least, right? They're obviously one of the best teams in baseball year in and year out. They have one of the best players, Clayton Kershaw. I'm wondering, could you compare Clayton Kershaw to Aaron Rodgers in terms of great regular season success 
But when you get him in the postseason. Shadow of himself. Yes. Yeah. I saw a statistic. Clayton Kershaw's career postseason. He's 13-12 and 12 with a 4.49 ERA. His career, his career regular season, 210 and 92 with a 2.48 ERA. Obviously, he's won a World Series. He's, been, he's had some good moments in the postseason. Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl. But there's just been, you know, again, you, you just expect a guy like that, you're expecting greatness year in and year out. A team like the Dodgers, you're expecting greatness year in and year out. Hector tries to say, and I get where he's kind of coming from, this is a different Dodgers team. Pitching wasn't as strong this year as it has been in years past. They've been banged up a little bit. They lost Trey Turner. So it's a bit different. They had, they're dependent on some younger guys. Still, yeah, it's the Dodgers. They're top five in payroll. You have Mookie Betts. You have Freddie Freeman, two MVP candidates. I mean, I don't know. They're... There's not a whole lot of excuses, but I do get where he's coming from. But then again, just the proof that we have in years past, just I feel like it. you have to say they're chokers. Is he a Dodgers fan? Oh, die hard. Die hard. Uh, same thing. If the Chiefs play bad, I'm going to come up with an excuse I can. <laughs> so I feel that. But there's evidence. If so that's the, his team, I get it. So here's the evidence. The Dodgers in 2019. Won 106 games. The Dodgers in 2021 won 106 games. Back to, or not back to back, but because 2020 was a, it might as well be back to back. 2020 was the year they won the World Series, but it was a 60 game shortened season because of COVID. 2022, last year, they won 111 games. And now this year, on the brink of elimination, they were another 100 win ball club. You know what all those seasons have in common? What? They were knocked out in the divisional round series. Mm. Didn't even make it to the championship series for the conference. I mean, I don't know. I know, Ryan, you're kind of an outsider looking in, but what does that tell you? Sounds like fakers to me. And I was telling Hector, you know, he, he's always wondering, you know, why does everybody hate the Dodgers? Best way I could explain it, you know, it's a big market ball club. Sounds kind of like Dallas. Yeah, they're a big market, big market team. You're expected to win year in and year out. You've shown that you have the best players in the league. You've shown that you can be the best team in the league. And when you come up short, people are going to come at you with some criticism. I mean, it's just to be expected. I don't know what he was expecting, but. We better let him hear it. They lose. Oh, I do. Last year, last year was bad because they lost to their the San Diego Padres. Mm. And as much as Hector wants to say it's not, it's not, it's not really a rivalry. But there, he calls them the annoying little cousin. But I know you lose to your annoying little cousin. That's got a sting, right? Oh, that hurt. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Now, before we wrap up episode 60, we're going to talk a little bit of NBA hoops. Go through some of the storylines real quick. I think the obvious one is Milwaukee and Boston. They probably have to be the favorites 
to win it all, right? Probably them in Denver. Yeah, probably. I know it's only preseason, but that new Lakers team looks good. They made some good additions. Mainly three-point shooting. A lot of young guys. I think they're, they have to improve, you know, as a collective. Once that team gels, I think they'll, they'll be competitive. Yeah. I think they could be a top five seed. I know the last few years, everyone's basically said they're going to be a top four. So I'm going to go take a step back. They'll be a top five seed. Well, if they can stay healthy. That's the biggest thing. Like, and with their young talent, I think they'll be fine. I actually think they could do a lot this year. I really do. What do you got to say about your Oklahoma City Thunder? Best young core in the league. Western Conference semifinals. I'm calling it, boy. I don't think that's too crazy. I don't think it's crazy at all. Can Shea Gilderis lead him to the promised land? Not really to the promised land. I think expecting an NBA title isn't realistic, but semifinals. Ball club like that was still a really young core. Than Chet in his first actual year playing, getting used to the NBA game and everything, full season. Speaking of preseason, <laughs> how'd you feel about Wendy bullying Chet? He didn't bully him. He headbutted him, and Chet fell, and then he flexed like a weirdo. Wait until he plays a true big man like Embiid, somebody like that. Let's see if he can do that. I just had to ask you. I had to troll you a little bit, buddy. That dude's a chump. That was weak, man. How are you going to flag? Like, dude, you'll get bought. <laughs> yeah, let's see how he does against a real big man. Let's see. Because Chet's not a real big man. He said that. They're not going to play him at the five. They've said that. He's not a five man. Paul, we're on Wimby. What what do you think are some realistic expectations for for him in the San Antonio Spurs? I don't know. I already don't like that team at all. They're underdogs, though, man. I wonder what their over-under is for wins this season. Here, I'll see if I can pull it up. Probably has to be less than 25. I'm going to say it's less than 25. Wow. DraftKings at least has them 35 plus regular season. Under. Yeah, I'd hammer under on that. I wonder what other. That's interesting. I'll have to actually take a look at that. And Yeah, if you're a betting person, I'd say under. I don't think Wimby's that good. To lift that roster up. Because who do they have around them? Can you name three other players? Keldon Johnson. Two more. Exactly. Was it Trey Jones' brother? Or is it Trey Jones? I don't know. There he was a Duke player. Yeah, other than that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to brag about my Celtics real quick before we cap this off. Let your team do it. What do you think of Drew Holiday with them? They're only going to get better. They re-signed Peyton Pritchard. Pretty good deal. 
he responds with a 40-point game in preseason. I don't know. you got to think. Marcus Smart's gone. And I know people argue all the time. And I swear, especially in the postseason, I would text you sometimes. And I don't care what anyone says. More often than not, he would cost you more points than he got you. Whether it was flopping and not getting back on defense, whether it was trying to go for the steal and letting his man get the open shot, blowing coverages, taking <laughs> just crazy contested threes early in the shot clock, questionable passes. Now you have a true point guard who doesn't make mistakes like that and plays smart defense. Who knows how to facilitate the ball and who knows how to take the back seat. Like he knows he's not the star of the team. And I felt like Marcus Smart never really understood that fully. I mean, I feel like, I mean, man. There's no excuse for them this year. You made the Eastern Conference Finals last year with just Brown and Tatum and Smart and, you know, the core that they've had for roughly two and a half years. And Svee plays for them. Yeah, Svee, Mikhailu plays Rock for chalk. them. You got to cop his jersey. If he can stay on the team, I might have to. <laughs> But I mean, you get you had Drew Holiday, Porzingis, Jordan Walsh. I hate that. I hate what he did to KU, but they have a good squad. There's no excuse for Boston this year. It's championship or bust. We'll end this. We'll end episode sixty with this. Oh, shout out Big Bird. <laughs> that too. My dog. One last NBA question: Are you a fan of the? Duo nickname of Freak Time. Seems kind of corny. It might be kind of cool. I don't know. Sometimes corny stuff turns cool. I don't know. Definitely a white dude that came up with that. We'll see how it plays out. Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo. We'll see how it plays out. I think it's a good duo, but we'll see. Freak Time in Milwaukee. That's going to be said so much. All right, well, that's all we have for you guys for episode 60. Hope you guys enjoy. We'll come back at you guys next time with episode 61. Look forward to it. See you guys then.